Hello, church family. This is Esther, uh, chapter 9, part 2. You recall that we're going through a series of different questions that we can get from this chapter. Um, We talk about how, why do we do what we do? Uh, Well, mainly it's because, uh, you know, even the book of Esther, we see how there was Purim. It was a holiday design with a purpose so that people remember how God saved them. The second question, how uh, does one make decisions in life? Um, I didn't mention this uh, yesterday, but in the book of Esther, how they made decisions were things like casting lots and being very impulsive. Remember, the king just kind of was, he felt weird, he felt angry at Queen Vashti, and then um, uh, he would have this little, um, he was persuaded by Haman. He was basically manipulated to make decisions. <clears throat> And even uh, Haman himself uh, made decisions out of anger. He overreacted, and that's what he, he did. And decisions in life, or even in Esther, uh, the book of Esther, was things like making edicts, making rules. Like, okay, the rule tells me to do this, now I have to do, go for it. Uh, so I didn't mention that uh, yesterday, but this is why, uh, for it's almost like a contrast, how do Christians make decisions? Um, or do We don't obviously cast lots or do things like that, but uh, we have a better way, and it's found in the Word of God. Today, we're going to talk about a third question, and I wouldn't spend the whole time talking about this one question. There's a question that um, plays off of the question that, well, not a question, but the statement that Albert Einstein said, and that, the statement that he said is, does God, well, God does not uh, play dice with the universe. So that is a question, does God really do play dice with the universe? Uh, Albert Einstein said no, because he believes everything has Everything in the material world has uh, laws that are consistent. But as, the, as, as Christians, if we were to look at theologically, does God actually play dice with the universe? Now, the easy answer is no. <laughs> but how do we see that in this in the book of Esther? So we're going to actually go back a little bit to Esther chapter 3. You remember in Esther chapter 3, verse 7, uh, it says this, in the first month, which is the month of Nisan, in the twelfth year of King Ezra's Pur, that is the lot, was cast before Haman from day to day, from month to month, until the twelfth month, that is the month of Adar. So what this means is that, uh, if you if you remember the scene, it's like Esther, I mean Esther, uh, Haman was there, uh, basically deciding which day should he kill the Jews. Uh, it was like, okay, you cast off this day. Is it, is it this month, this day, or this uh, this day or this month? And he's like, no, not this month. He does this every single day for 12 months. So let's just use, I know these months sound weird to us, but let's just use like, for sake of simplicity, we'll use like the Gregorian calendar. Let's say in January 1st, he decided he wanted to kill the Jews. He started doing it from January 1st all the way, January 1st, 2020, all the way to December 31st, 2020. And then he and it landed on that month, the twelfth month, that is. Uh, so he spent a whole year doing this. For, so, so for twelve months, uh, he went all out, uh, trying to figure this out. And then only the twelfth month, it said, okay, now this is the day you can you can kill the Jews on twelfth. You can kill the Jews on this um, on uh, December of next year or January, depending on how you want to count it. Maybe maybe we'll use January, January of 2021. So he spent January 1st, 2020, all the way to January 2021. And uh, he had this 12-month gap. And this is significant because when he writes the edict, you understand that this is a time without uh, YouTube or Twitter or Instagram or whatever. So when they make an edict, it takes months for everyone to hear uh, uh, what's going on. Um, so actually, when you look, jump forward a little bit, in Esther chapter 
8. So this is a scene where you know, Haman's already dead, and now uh, the king gives uh, Esther and Mordecai decree to make the second edict. In Esther chapter 8, verse 9, it says, So the king's scribe were called at that time in the third month, that is month of Sivan, on the 20th day, and it was written according to all that Mordecai commanded to the Jews, the satraps, governor, and the princes of the province, which extended from India to Ethiopia, 127 province to every province according to the script, and to every people according to their language, as well as to the Jews according to the script and their language. So, here's a timetable. So, Mordecai decides, okay, we're going to make this edict. We're going to kill, uh, we're going to go and kill the Jews the following year. So, from chapter 3 to chapter 8, that was a three-month time. Uh, so, you know, this, all the confusion that happened from uh, chapter 3 to chapter 8, this, this happened in a three-month period. You know, everything from Haman and Mordecai crying and then Esther planning, this is all within the three-month time. So, at the third month, that's when the second edict came out. Now, at this time, by this time, uh, the edict is already slowly already creeping its way throughout the, um, the entire Persian Empire. So they have to make a quick edict. They have to make this edict. They have to go make it go quickly. Um, so they sent the second edict, and it went out all the way to the, the rest of the, uh, the city. Um, you have to understand, the reason why God allowed um, Haman to, to use 12 months uh, to, to figure out when to kill the Jews is because if it was any sooner... All the Jews would have died by the first edict before the second edict can, uh, is known to the rest of the world. So by giving 12 months, it gave the Jews six months to prepare for, for battle. Um, in chapter 9, verse 1, it says this, Now in the 12th month, that is the month of Adar, on the 13th day, when the king commanded and uh, command, or when the king's command and edict were about to be executed. So this is all about the first one. On the day when the enemies of Jews hoped to gain mastery over them, it was turned to the contrary so that the Jews themselves gained mastery over those who hated them. So see, if, let's say, Haman was before was casting lots to, let's say, from January, and it landed in March, all of the Jews would have been exterminated. If it happened in uh, April, all the Jews uh, would have been exterminated by then, right? Because it's already three months. So it had to have been 12 months. God controlled every single decision. Every single time that Haman cast the lot, God made it land it specifically to not to kill the Jews until 12 months from now, so that he can pre prepare uh, their, their safety. Uh, the second decree had to get, had to take place so they could play catch-up for the Jews to defend themselves. So if, if the Jews lot landed any less, then the Jews would have been exterminated. But God made Haman did this so that all the Jews can be saved. See, this is the perfect timing of our God. He does everything exactly according to his will. He controls. Does God, does, so the question, does God play dice with the universe? Yes, but he controls the dice completely. He can throw the dice, but he knows he, he can will it to land exactly where he wants to land. And you have to think about this even in terms of your own salvation. Romans 5 after after studying this, maybe had a bigger, uh, big, I guess, profound um, appreciation of, of Romans five six, when it says this: For while we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. If you think back at your salvation, if you think back about how you came to know the Lord, it have it had to happen that exact way. Someone came up to you 
and share the gospel with you, whether someone's sending in like a, a video clip or inviting you to church. Someone was praying for you. Someone had the courage to go to you and you were placed in the right exact spot at the exact time to hear the gospel and have your heart broken and to receive the gospel. If you think about that God in this way, you think about all of your life, all the situation in your life, it's, a, it, it's, an, it's, an, it's completely under control. Even though everything seems so chaotic now, we look at this COVID-19, everything seems so backwards, everything's changing every single day. We don't know when, when the church is going to open up again. We think it's this week, we may not, it may not be this week. Whatever it may be, we could take comfort knowing that God's timing is perfect. Like He knows what he's doing. All the little details in life that we don't see, all things that seem like chance to us, God is in control of every single thing. And that's where we can have comfort. We can rest in comfort knowing that he controls everything. And uh, Proverbs 16, 33, the, the lot, is the same word, per, okay, is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. So you look at uh, from the, the minute thing, like Haman casting lot for for one whole year, and it happened to have to land, happened to land on this twelfth month, so that the Jews can be spared. And you think about your life; it's the seemingly random things were all designed by God, ultimately for you as a believer to know Him and to be used by Him to glorify Him. The people that you know now that are non-believers, they're placed in that position precisely because you are there to go and witness to them. So don't waste that opportunity. If you have non-believing families and you're sheltered with them, that is a privilege for you to go and be a minister because God has placed you there exactly where you need to be. So don't squander these opportunities. Be willing to, to be more to think beyond yourself, to think how, to have a greater picture of who God is. Um, and, and by seeing that, you also find comfort in the moment. Yes, there are times where it's lonely. Yes. But again, you're not the first in all of church history to feel alone, right? Jesus was in the wilderness for, or in the, yeah, in the garden for 40 days, um, uh, tempted, right? Uh, David himself was wandering in the wilderness, um, trying to hide and run from Saul and, and Absalom. You know, um, Paul um, was uh, imprisoned. John was an exile in Patmos. All the saints in the past, and we haven't even talked about church history, have suffered loneliness. Um, so you're in good company. God sees you. He knows. He cares for you. This past week, Pastor Henry has preached on that in Luke chapter 12 about how the value, like we shouldn't worry about anything because we're more valuable than even the the birds in the sky or the or, or the flowers in the field. We can trust in Him because God is sovereign over every little detail of our lives, and we know that He'll work out all things for our good. So we can trust in this God. And I hope today, as you go about your day, that you will continue to find comfort in him. That whatever happens in your life is seemingly random. It is not random. God has divinely appointed that situation for you to honor him in. And whatever trial you're in, you're placed there for this particular purpose. I hope this is uh, helpful to you. It was definitely convicting and encouraging to me when I made these connections from the book of Esther even to our own life. Um, and I hope that this gives you um, comfort for not just today, but for every day of your life. Okay, thanks for listening. I will see you tomorrow.